In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Paul had been ministering up until, up until this point in what today is Turkey. He really wanted to go someplace that the Bible calls the province of Asia. Now understand, when we think of Asia, we think of places way, way, way far away from Turkey, right? When we think of Asia, we think today of China and India. We think of Japan and Korea. But the province of Asia is in Turkey and faces Greece. It's about as close as you could get to Europe without actually being in Europe. And that's where he really wants to go. But he knows he's not supposed to go there quite yet. And Paul finds himself in a place that we all do from time to time. He knows it's a time for change, but he doesn't know where to go next. Most of us have been there. Now, when you're younger, some of those decisions seem huge. What after-school activities do I do? Who do I date? Do, do I go to college after high school? Do I get a job? If I go to college, which one? Is this person I'm dating really the person I want to marry? Is this the right career? Am I working for the right company? Do I want to take the lesser job that leaves me right here close to my parents? Or do I want to take what seems like the better job and move far away from my family? As we get a little older, it gets the chance. They're no less impactful, but they're still there. When do I retire? Where do I retire to? Almost all of us have those seasons in life when these decisions loom large. And it should be comforting to us that even the saints, the Apostle Paul in this case, knew it was time for a change. But he was still trying to figure out the right place and the wrong time. And then he had to stop and pray and consider where he was going next. And while he's praying, he sees a vision of a man from Macedonia calling out for help. So Paul gathers his companions, and off they travel across the rest of Turkey, get to a port, cross the Aegean Sea, make land, and head into Philippi. They arrive in a foreign land. Paul is from Tarsus. Tarsus is today in southern Turkey. Today we would say that Paul's of Turkish descent. He's a Jew who grew up in Turkey. So now he's crossing across the sea to a foreign land, a place where there's not even enough men to form a synagogue. And on the Sabbath, they wander out and they look around and they go down to the river because they figure there must be a place there to pray where the Jews in the city are meeting. And they do. They find a little prayer group meeting going on and it's all women. They find it. And they begin to talk with the women who are assembled there to pray. And they share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. And Lydia and some of the women believe. And the first church we know about in Europe begins from Paul listening and obeying. Even when he really wanted to be someplace else. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance and come to us. I thank God he's merciful for it, to us and that his mercy is new every morning. In our gospel this morning, we're back in the upper room on Monday, Thursday. Jesus has washed his disciples' feet. They've had their meal together. And now he was comforting them because he knows what's about to happen. 
He's been trying to warn them, and they're still basking, I think, in the glow of the big crowds from Palm Sunday. Earlier in chapter 14, he starts by telling them he's going to prepare a place for them and for us, that they know where he's going. And Thomas goes, but Lord, where are you going? If we don't know where you're going, how are we going to get there? And Jesus famously responds, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Philip hears this and says, okay, Lord, then show us the Father. I want to see him. And Jesus responds, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Philip, haven't you seen everything I've done? The miracles, the healings, the people set free. Haven't you heard my preaching? Know that whenever you ask anything in my name, it will be done. Believe in me. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you so that you're not alone in this world. Jesus says he's about to return from where he's from. And let me give you a hint. It's not Bethlehem. It's not Nazareth. He talks about it obliquely here because I think even when he does try to tell them directly, the apostles just kind of say, no, Lord, we've got swords. It's all going to be okay. They're not ready to accept what's about to happen. But he says, listen, I'm going to go away, and when I come back, I'm going to show myself to my followers. And then Judas, the other one the Bible's quick to point out, not Iscariot, asks, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? And that's where we get Jesus' answer this morning. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the words you hear is not mine, but it's from the Father who sent me. Jesus is telling Judas, the other Judas, I'm not coming at this time for the world, but for you all. And you're going to be my eyewitnesses. Those eyewitnesses that a couple of decades later are going to be accused of turning the whole world upside down. But looking towards what will happen to them and to him in the next day, he tells his disciples this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. The Holy Spirit is coming not to help them with the war, but to guide them in their walk. To remind them of what they've heard. To help them, like he's helping Paul this morning, in making decisions. But he's coming with peace to strengthen and encourage us. And Jesus is telling his disciples all of this ahead of time so that they can know and then go and testify everything that happens that week is a part of God's plan. It's not some holy accident. Things didn't just happen to Jesus and God made it okay in the end. This was their plan. This morning after the 9.30 service, we're going to go out to the cemetery and read the roles of those who are veterans whose bodies will lay there until the end. And we read the world this morning not to glorify war, but to remember those who sacrificed for our country, those that sacrificed their time and some their health, their physical, mental, emotional health, and some that sacrificed their lives. This morning we remember them. And as we remember them, we should also remember that we have a promise that at the end, when the ground and the sea give up their dead, when the final resurrection takes place in that new Jerusalem, Nothing accursed will be found there anymore. Pain, 
physical, mental, emotional, will be no more. And we'll live in a place of perpetual light. A place of perpetual light because God himself is present. When we say in our funeral services, let light perpetual shine upon them, we're not just saying a bunch of feel-good bits of poetry. We're affirming what is said here, that the light of eternity emanates from God himself. The light will be with us, and it will be everywhere on the earth. The light of the world will no longer be veiled, and it's so bright that the world no longer needs any external light sources to see. And as Jesus said in John, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And this, we read this morning, is the culmination of that preparation, that those written in the Lamb's Book of Life will walk within it. And today, we're his eyewitnesses in the world. Now, unlike the apostles, we cannot give eyewitness testimonies of what happened in Jesus' life. We can talk to others about the testimony the apostles left, but we can share our own testimony, the impact that Jesus had in our life. Because in the end, we are the light that's reflecting, we are reflecting Christ's light into the world. Amen.